Uh, have you seen Glass Onion? No, I want to watch it, but I keep forgetting to. But, but I've heard it's good. Okay, I just watched that last night. Um, was it good? Interesting. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It was, it was silly. It was kind of funny, uh, but uh, I don't know some like grammatical humor, which I always appreciate. Well, Dave Bautista was in it, so he's the one who's always like, you know, never call me a thesaurus, or uh, you know, he doesn't understand metaphor in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, <laughs> everything's little, um, you know, and it sort of borrows from his um, WWE persona a little bit in that way too. I think his he's kind of, uh, you know, they're all fashioned to be a little bit of <laughs> meathead types on those uh, wrestling programs. Not uh, not to be disparaging. It's just uh, well, no, I mean that's that's like the shtick, <laughs> the shtick. of any wrestling mania type thing. Yeah. Because I actually, I did see that he did an interview and I guess that people are always asking, is he like wanting to be the next Dwayne Johnson? And he's like, no, I I just want to be an actor and like be good at it. I'm not trying to be the rock. I I just want to be me being an actor. That's it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's trying to like shake off, I guess, maybe the wrestling persona. I will say that seeing Daniel Craig. So I don't honestly, I can't remember many movies that Daniel Craig has been in other than James Bond. And I'm sure he's been in stuff that I've watched and he just, I don't know, didn't register in my brain. Um, but I, I really like him in Knives Out. Like I liked him as James Bond, but I like seeing him like goofy. I like goofy Daniel Craig. Yeah, it's interesting. He does have, have a bit of a oddly. Um, he's like weirdly Southern. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm just very charismatic uh, type of character in, in that film. Compared to his Bond, which is very subdued. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of serious. Yeah, yeah. Well, which I, I, I feel the same way about like that's how I felt about Henry Cavill. I am not, I was not a Superman fan. I thought, and not because of Henry Cavill. I just thought that like all the writing just was not good for him. It didn't make him an interesting character to me personally. Mm-hmm. But then I saw Henry Cavill in other stuff like the Mission Impossible movie and obviously The Witcher. And I was like, oh, he's actually like pretty funny. And mm-hmm. so now and now I've seen him in plenty of stuff. And I'm like, oh, OK. But I, like I did not like him as Superman. And so I'm like, sometimes like I did like I will say I did like James Bond over Superman. But like sometimes the writing and maybe just the character itself like doesn't lend well to their personalities. Because I'm like Henry Cavill should be anyone but Superman, honestly. Because he's just a boring character <laughs> for him. I'm like, he's such a good actor. He could be doing so much more. Yeah. I don't know how you do any of these things right when people are always coming with all sorts of expectations. You know, I I guess, uh, yeah, the big conceit of a lot of Ryan Johnson's movies, uh, he directed The Last Jedi and, uh, you know, has done Knives Out and then now Glass Onion. But you know, there's just a lot of, you know, subverting expectations. You know, the uh, there's always a uh, an unexpected twist or a, a way to frame the narrative that's um, uh, revolutionary. It's it's uh, fresh and um, inventive. But really, it's it's just, I don't know, maybe working a little too hard to try to outsmart the audience. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, did you see it coming? Well, like the twists, because mm, that's the thing that always bothers me in movies when they're like cliche and they like follow all the tropes. And I'm like, OK, I know what's going to happen. The twist is going to be this. 
So I'd be interested to see if you expected it. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to forget anything I'd heard leading up to seeing it finally. <laughs> so I I didn't really know. I I actually I don't know if I was mistaking it for other you know movies that I'd heard about or had seen, but I thought you know different characters died earlier early on. So there were things that happened that were a surprise to me, which was nice. But um yeah, I uh in the in the end it was kind of um <laughs> just like oh it's uh it's kind of uh i'll just say it was pretty straightforward <laughs> which was which was not bad but um but it does try to throw a lot of weird wrenches into the mix along the way but but ultimately it's it's kind of conventional in the way it does the you know classic murder mystery storyline hmm. i don't know yeah I, i've tried to like avoid all the spoilers if i can help it uh, and I've seen plenty of memes uh, <laughs> about it, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that it was like the murder hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I've gathered from the trailer. Oh. It's like the murder hasn't happened, <laughs> and then the murder. Ha- he's like, oh, it's actually going to be a murder mystery <laughs> event, and then yeah. someone dies. Yeah. And I was like, huh, interesting, interesting choice. But yeah, we really want to watch it. We just, you know, life gets away from you, and then you you're like, I'm going to watch it eventually. Yeah, I it somewhat framed um the way i watch movies in a in a different light as well um so it did take place during covid which was interesting um it uh, kind of brought back all the usual um standards of that time and in place so i don't know some commentators were thinking of it as sort of outdated or it just or it just seemed dated seemed kind of like well <laughs> this is a set in a very specific time and place but I, I feel like that was intentional it's kind of it's it's a period piece set in 2020 <laughs> yeah it's which, something that anyone who lived through it can relate to it's kind of neat, yeah. <laughs> um and and then cryptocurrency has a you know, has another com- is another component, I guess, that they riff on. Um, you know, it's an app that becomes successful, and these are, are groupies of this you know, tech guru who developed the app. And yeah, I uh, but yeah, I guess um, some of the th- things that does are just so tropey. So I don't know. They leans on some some very. Uh, run-of-the-mill plot devices that um, I don't know see seem like <laughs> those were you know the, the laziness of that did everything to contradict whatever um, ingenuity was trying to be implemented in, in the innovation of the film you know in its in its weight of <laughs> just completely trying to you know one-up the audience i i don't know the the audience um i i you know i don't want to spoil anything so it's just like um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i think um if you try to overthink it you end up falling into the same traps that you know taking just a more straight ahead approach um would result <laughs> but at least if you take a more straight ahead approach um you, you perhaps have more luxury to to deal with some of the uh traditional pitfalls with that genre 
But anyways, I I don't know. I'm tired. We're both tired. I'm waffling. <laughs> I, I I thought I, I had a point to make about uh, glass onion, um, but it. Uh, so what I got from that is like, it it seems like one of those movies that just don't take it too seriously, and you'll have a good time, kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> don't take it too seriously. Um, we're just here to have fun. We're just here for a good yeah, time, not a long time. Okay. <laughs> performances were good. I don't know. Yeah, some interesting satire. Like I watched the honest trailer and the the commentaries on that, and they they cover all the stuff in the, in there. I say I love the honest trailer. I, I like to. I usually I like I'll I'll watch the movie first just in case, just in case there's any kind of spoilers, mm-hmm. just to make sure. But yeah, I like to watch this. Pretty pretty incisive. Um, yeah, we'll pivot over to the topic of today's episode <laughs> here on... Here's our small tangent the, about Glass yeah. Onion. <laughs> back to our normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, this will be a laid-back episode on some DreamWorks animation, on the Thoughtcast conversations about animation. I'm Philip Elke, recording from northern Minnesota, and I'm joined today by Bridget in Georgia... How are you doing, Bridget? Uh, pretty good. You know, just trying to wake up at you know seven at night. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I got a Red Bull in the fridge. I maybe should. Put I don't know. Then you'll be up all night. Then yeah, I yeah, it would have kind of screwed up my sleep. <laughs> I, there are times though where I've been able to drink caffeine all hours of the day and be fine. Um, lately, I've, I I don't know. I I'm my body. Um, is not like a normal human being's body so it, it does weird things and, and lately i've been probably feeling a little more healthy and aligned to to what a human physical body should uh should be so uh, i have been feeling more uh adverse effects of drinking coffee at a late hour so yeah it probably wouldn't be good to 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 down any right now uh, um yeah, talking about some Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, first piece of the Shrek puzzle that uh, we're endeavoring to cover on the show. Um, who doesn't love Shrek? No, I mean, who's uh, Shrek is, is an issue. You know, that's that's another thing. It's trying to be subversive. It's trying to be irreverent, um, really kind of deliver something new and innovative to the audience um but it, at the same time you know might seem might feel a little dated might feel a little uh a little too try hard a little too uh, obnoxious in some ways um oh absolutely yeah. i think that's the fun thing about shark though is that it is a bit obnoxious and it like <laughs> can, it pick it picks on like the fairy tale tropes and stuff picks on all on fa- all the fairy tales and its own stuff the the 90s in their own way were kind of obnoxious like they were so extreme and radical uh but that's why we love them they have their own charm you know those that decade has its own charm because of uh how just uh full throttle everything sort of was how how pushed to 10 yeah what's your you probably saw shrek when it first came out in 2001 bridget didn't you i did yeah now i'm pretty sure i've seen all of the shreks yeah but i i mean i I mean 2001 i was 10 or about to be 10 yeah um so yeah i mean shrek like it was it was kind of like spongebob it like took 
the same I feel like the same grip that Spongebob had on kids when it came out it was like the same thing like and now it's become kind of like a meme cult tea type thing like, like a cult classic that people are like oh yeah we love Shrek and we love all the Shrek stuff like I mean nine times out of ten and now you know with memes and gifts and all that um yeah even you know the younger the younger crowd they like Shrek and I'm like do you were you even alive for Shrek <laughs> for the first Shrek did you see it <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, it, it's very self-aware, um, which is kind of unique. And I don't know, w w the whole genre of CGI animation um, had kind of a whole new, uh, perhaps adult-oriented approach um, as compared to uh, 2D animation. Um, Pixar was su su successful at appealing to adults as well as kids. Um, a lot of self-reverential humor. Um, and references to other pop culture iconography um and yeah like yeah, I, I, I love yeah. shrek yeah yeah i was gonna say it's like it, it, it was one of those movies that the parents could watch it and they'd also chuckle mm -hmm. it wasn't just like okay this is a movie about things farting and being gross <laughs> <laughs> it was about that shrek was about that don't get me wrong mm -hmm. um but it was funny in a funnier way and, you know, and I had Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. It was Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah. yeah it was yeah. Eddie Murphy. I was like, it was, right? Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Uh, John Lithgow. Cameron like, Diaz. Lots of. I had uh, so many people. Yeah. Um, like uh, credited celebrity voiceovers and pop culture references galore. Uh were becoming all the rage in the late 90s, early 2000s in um, animated films. However, um, I guess the film that would have originally kind of opened the floodgates to this was Aladdin in 1992 ringing on uh, Robin Williams and um, just having a lot of topical humor shall we say in that film as well yeah they, were, it, they literally let them like riff all the time <laughs> <laughs> they, after after I think after Robin Williams did Aladdin which I did read and they were saying that like I guess the artists who were animating Genie like almost were annoyed with him because of how much he improvised <laughs> uh, because they had to do so much work <laughs> yeah. I mean they loved it they let him do whatever he wanted but mm. I feel like that kind of like snowballed into those big like comic actors being able to kind of riff off whatever they wanted in movies after that it was a very successful formula. Aladdin was remains one of the more successful animated films of all time. I think it was the highest grossing film of the calendar year, 1992 domestically. I feel like I remember always looking, seeing that for, you know, the year I was born. What was the biggest <laughs> movie in uh, <laughs> in the world? Well, in, in the U.S. and Canada, at least. And it was, it was Aladdin, which is kind of fun being a, movie with which i was very familiar um so yeah we come around to now 2022 the shrek franchise is uh 21 years old now we're in 2023 uh so yeah i think coming up in like may or june the original shrek i think was maybe a may release um so 22 years old since uh since that original film um puss and boots uh we last saw in theaters in 2011 so uh the palindrome years 2011 2022 
are the the years that saw release of Puss in Boots films. Um, I don't know. Time moves maybe a little bit faster now. Um, there's so much information, so much content, um, and and these movies take a while to make. And there's just so many things that people want. Uh, different spinoffs, various franchises. It's it's a deluge, and there's only so much manpower to to make these things. I guess they decided it was it was time to turn turn out another. Uh, gosh. That's certainly one point about Glass Onion that doesn't really apply. Is like something that felt really fresh and original, but at the same time, technically, was still a uh, franchise. Yeah, a sequel, a sequel uh, to the first one. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's like, and I I wonder, and I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up to see how the first Puss in Boots movie did because obviously it came out, you know, a hot minute after the Shrek movies. Because mm-hmm. um, it was there was four Shrek movies and then Puss in Boots, and then they did have an interactive like adventure, choose your own adventure thing on Netflix during COVID. Because um, we did Bandersnatch. that. Snatch. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> it Black Mirror for kids, Puss in Boots theme, um, and it was cute. We we played that, um, but now I like I was reading earlier and they were like, oh, is like Puss in Boots gonna be like come out on top over Shrek because of course you know I've said before it's rumored rumored uh that there's going to be another Shrek and so they're like is Puss in Boots going to have like more longevity than Shrek did and I guess it'd be interesting to see like are kids now going to be as like receptive to Shrek if they do do another movie as they are to like Puss in Boots because my kids love Puss in Boots and I'm like have you even seen the original Shrek have you seen any of the Shrek movies? I think they have, but I'm not, not sure. Well, uh, this is at least a nice um, return to form for the Shrek franchise. I know at least the third and fourth Shrek movies don't have you know, a stellar reputation. And I don't think the original Puss and Boost necessarily does either. DreamWorks is very hit and miss, too, in there quality and um reception with critics uh this i'm seeing has a 96 percent on rotten to paint mm-hmm. out tomatoes um and so far has grossed worldwide total of over 260 million um it's not great but nowadays it's like it's, you know you see things that hit the top of the chart on streaming services and a lot of times they are movies that had a theatrical run of some kind. Um, even if they weren't all that successful in theaters, um, they'll hit streaming and generate a lot of buzz. So, Strange World. <laughs> yeah, Strange World. Um, you know, like The Northman was a movie that came out last year. Nobody saw it in theaters, but uh, had, a, had a good run on um, various, I think maybe Netflix um, had it listed as one of their top streamers um and then like this movie it'll probably have a field day on you know might go to netflix or i know it's universal so peacock eventually but um yeah yeah they... i watched it on amazon prime mm-hmm. so <laughs> so they'll, they'll definitely be getting more mileage out of the shrek franchise in the future um 
yeah you you watch you paid like the the premium rental i'm guessing for this or or you know yeah, some, someone I, did <laughs> someone else did <laughs> yeah. no my my daughter called my mom into doing it this weekend <laughs> so i was like oh yeah let me watch it too because yeah. <laughs> i think you get like I, I think it's like 20 25 bucks and then you get it for two days i think um mm -hmm. so yeah i was like oh cool now i don't have to go see it <laughs> yeah well i don't remember the original uh puss and boost all that well <laughs> um i don't either i don't okay. even recall if i've ever seen it honestly <laughs> there was the more cell shaded uh trajectory that dreamworks kind of began with the film the bad guys and i think it helped save them some money too because it's not as intensive to render these these characters when they they look maybe a little more painterly um i i felt like this movie puss and boots was sort of a balance between um you know the full scale like disney uh realistic textures environments and the the um bad guys aesthetic it was like a middle ground all the backgrounds look painted um, a lot of the scenery, yeah, is some nice like brushstroke textures, but the characters for the most part looked pretty realistic. So I did, I did notice, I, I, I was, I knew that they were doing a different animation style. And so I was like, oh, hopefully it's not like weird. Cause sometimes I feel like they, especially when there's people characters, I feel like sometimes people can look a little weird, um, but I thought it was good. And actually all of the like, anim like when they were fighting all of the like fight scenes, it reminded me kind of of like anime, mm -hmm. all the fight scenes, like, and I don't know if it was like the kind of, if they were doing like the CGI rendering or whatever they were doing, but I was like, yeah, this reminds me of like, I'm watching like an anime fight scene mm -hmm. <laughs> every time they fought each other. Yeah. They've developed ways of uh, combining CGI um, animation and rendering with 2D techniques. Um, and yeah, the action sequences do a, kind of an odd stylistic thing where it's animated on twos you know not every single frame is is animated is you know contains motion from one frame to the next um just yeah i think it creates that sort of dynamic anime feel that um i i i don't know maybe it, <laughs> i i didn't i wouldn't say i prefer it to just doing it more conventionally but I think yeah. kids kids maybe enjoy that look more so. I don't know. Kids love anime. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I also like anime, but I do feel like like some, I would say some animes do it better than others because there's some where it's like, it's almost distracting when it looks completely different from the rest. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do think I prefer the more conventional stuff. Like I like CGI and stuff like that can be cool. But like, just because we have it doesn't mean we always like need it all the time. <laughs> it, it's super aggressive in your face kind yeah yeah there's trying to mix things up yeah mm -hmm. um so i was like it wasn't so different that it was distracting but i did notice that like the action scenes seemed different than the rest of the movie probably does save on rendering costs to to degree animation costs um but yeah i, I mean the there was the the cool uh, opening fight with the big colossal creature, like a big colossus from, you know, the, one of my favorite video games, Shadow of the Colossus on old PlayStation 2 era, uh, where you fight a bunch of giant uh, like stone slash 
uh, earth golem creatures. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like a nod to other depictions of ogres and, and other uh, material um, where where ogres are kind of more like these earthy rock flesh um grass covered creatures you know mossy behemoths i don't know um, yeah that's why I, I was like is he like an ogre i like that was my assumption he's like i'm like he's just like a monster giant thing yeah yeah <laughs> not not quite like the ogre you see in like enchanted <laughs> he's got this log that's like a, a handbag and he collects people and I, I that'd be terrifying to have this kind of creature living in your uh environment it seems i don't know how they do like how they have any fun i'd be like i'm worried about the creature with the bag it's gonna eat me (laughs) maybe it just spends most of its time sleeping and only wakes up you know on occasion (laughs) to loud music you have to have a quiet existence Yeah, they're singing. Puss is having his little shindig at the pub. There's that recurring bit with the the governor character or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, stuff. yeah, I was like, is he like the king? Or I guess it makes sense if he was like a governor. But yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm assuming he's a king of some kind. Um, even though I went, he pulled out the like, I guess it was like a mandolin, but I, it reminded me of The Witcher. Oh, yeah. yeah. So apparently, yeah. I've just had The Witcher on the brain all day. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone chucks a mandolin at Puss, and he immediately catches it with his cat-like reflexes, and he's a virtuoso on the guitar. Yeah, I mean, a uh, lot of I don't know some some interesting musical composition this year as well. Uh, I don't know, Puss and Boots, the original uh, folk legend fairy tale. Um, yeah, it's an Italian like fairy tale. Italian, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess because Antonio Banderas is Spanish, uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's, he's... When they have Salma Hayek, too. So it's like, <laughs> they're like, oh, we're not going to get Italians. We'll get Hispanic people. It's fine. <laughs> well, and I think it's almost fitting because Antonio Banderas has done Zorro and Puss in Boots is basically like Cat Zorro. Exactly. Basically. He even <laughs> does the little P with his sword. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, yeah, Cat Zorro. That's why they picked Antonio Banderas. That's right. He does the clothing, um, you know, slicing on, you know, turns the, the governor's clothing to ribbons, uh, leaves it strategically, uh, I don't know, covering certain areas to, to make <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Does he carve certain letters out of it? I can't remember, but I can't remember if he did with the clothes. But the I did clothes, notice that yeah. he was doing. He did do the P on some of the like wanted yeah. flyers and stuff. He was doing a P with his sword, and I was like, "Hmm, not Zorro. I see that." <laughs> yeah, I saw a poster where he did the you know Zorro carving, but it was the K. So I wonder if that just was supposed to stand for kitty or something. <laughs> It was random. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I saw I saw P. I don't remember if I saw K. Did he get a strikeout <laughs> in baseball? Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, someone knocked into him. He didn't mean to. <laughs> Which I so what I did find interesting was that they, of course, it's it's a kids movie, so they just like when they were cursing, they just bleeped it out. They like were like occasionally they did use like different words, like you know like mm. frick and stuff like that and shoot or whatever. 
Um, they just like straight up had bleeped out words. And I was like, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought that. I might have forgotten that if you hadn't mentioned it. But that is, yeah, this movie makes some odd stylistic choices. And that is something, I don't know. I, th there's a reason why they don't do that very much in films <laughs> for yeah like i think they did it on purpose like they, they clearly did it on purpose because you saw it in the movies right i saw like it the at the theater yeah and it, it did beep it out at the theater too right yeah yeah okay yeah I, I was like maybe they did it because like i mean kids know that they're not supposed to cuss and so then they they, they hear the beep and they're like oh ha, ha, it was a cuss word ah. but it, they don't actually hear it so it's like ah, they did it but we didn't hear it but we know I'm like, maybe that's why. Cause I did it like it they did it and I was like, did they did they just bleep out a word? I'm like, they had to do that on purpose. It just that would make the most sense. Yeah. Um it was I think it was almost always Perito who had the Yeah. The Harvey Yeah, Grigan. it was both times. Yeah. yeah. It was like because he says like I'm pretty sure it was the S word one time, like that's what it was supposed to be, and they just beeped it out. And then when he was going back and forth with the bears. And they were like, oh, oh, wow, <laughs> that's that's some language. Um, but it yeah. kind of reminds me of the SpongeBob episode where they are like saying words, but instead of words, it's dolphin noises. And they're basically like saying cuss words. <laughs> and that was like a whole episode of SpongeBob. So I guess I'm not surprised because I did watch that episode as a kid. So. <laughs> and I probably found it amusing if I had to guess. Yeah, I there's creative censorship and other films too i don't know that i think there was a moment in strange world even where um the character's about to say something uh was it um uh get off my ass you know it's it's uh yeah and they it? say something else yeah clade uh, jaeger clade is about to say yeah something. yeah um oh i did i rewatched it yeah. i rewatched it and i did watch for the the thing the logo, the Disney logo. I was like, I have to watch it. <laughs> I'm making sure I'm watching it now. So yeah, I watched it with my kids. <laughs> so I was like, ah, yes. Let me let me pause yeah. it. <laughs> the, the straight up beep, you know, bleep sound effect. I guess kids are used to hearing that from watching you know broadcast and cable TV, where they'll just literally bleep stuff because you can't have mm -hmm. fully explicit, you know, ex, um, explicit expletives. Um, but yeah, it's it's um. I don't know. There's there's a certain comedic value to hearing bleeped out uh, curse words, <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's an odd choice. Uh, the movie was good overall. I mean, like, yeah, yeah it's got a 96 percent for a reason. I don't know, used to be able to say the S word all the time in, you know, technically PG rated films, uh, you know, especially back in the days when there was no PG-13. But they. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We actually watched Treasure Planet. So because we had talked about Strange World, so I watched it. And then right after we were like, oh, no, 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 not Treasure Planet. We watched Atlantis. Sorry. Atlantis. We watched okay. Atlantis. And it was rated PG when it came out. But I was like, if this came out today, this would not be PG. They were smoking cigarettes. People are dying everywhere. <laughs> like stuff was happening. And I was like, I do not recall this, like having a different rating. But it was PG back then. So... It, when it came out like in the 90s well here's the thing i'm kind of doubtful i th i think oh what no uh, it's pg i looked it up 
I thought it was G. I th- I didn't think Disney had 2D PG films post Black Cauldron. I thought maybe like up until basically the time when they stopped making you know traditional film, hand drawn films, the trend of just you know certifying your animated cartoon for kids as PG hadn't fully caught on yet. Uh, but yeah, according to IMDb, Atlantis, The Lost Empire is PG. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it, we watched it, and I was like, I don't think this would be PG these days. Well, they. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's stated um, policy that Disney films are not allowed to contain smoking, which, which I guess is just a blanket, far-reaching, like regardless of rating i i hate it it's just so definitive you know what i just thought of too i wonder if atlantis is available on the kids ones i didn't check because we watched it on ours so i want we watched strange world on our uh, the adult account so i'm like i wonder if atlantis is even available because i know certain movies are not available on the kids i guess channel i don't know what you call it um, on their little accounts within our account. So yeah. I know like you can't watch Peter Pan. I don't think there's a couple of movies you can't watch um, since Disney's updated their stuff. You have to watch it through the adult one. So I wonder if I, I wonder if you can even see it in the kid one. Maybe not. Hmm. Something Maybe I'll have to not. check later. But uh, okay. But yeah, I, that's weird. I just kind of basically, because I keep decent track of these things. It's kind of a Mandela effect thing for me. Uh, you're like this is not correct (laughs) i thought some of those 2d films held on to that g rating for the longest time but nowadays the g rating is pretty much obsolete yeah i don't think i've seen a g rating in a hot minute it's unfortunate because yeah the i you know toy story 4 was pg i'm pretty sure toy story 3 though was g i i remember distinctly but then again i my my mind is going clearly so (laughs) might as well just double check that as well in your old age your mind is waning (laughs) well also so atlantis also came out in 2001 weirdly enough (laughs) yeah toy story 3 is is g but it's just like a thing where like you know that if a movie is rated g they're not going to be able to basically have certain thematic substance <laughs> into the film yeah like just not just even like partially um hinting at certain subjects might trigger you know the increased rating so so like if you want any complexity to your film whatsoever you're gonna have to settle for at least a pg rating so you're you're yeah. just screwed at the box office if you put something out that's just totally cream puff to the point where it's rated g um unless it's just it's designed to be fully appealing to like little kids parents i wonder if my little pony was like a g rating (laughs) because i'm thinking i'm like man when's the last time i went to a movie that i was like oh yeah this would be g maybe my little pony i don't know but i do remember like um the movie where tom hanks was walt disney the mary poppins movie yeah i remember watching a thing about that and it was like they couldn't have because Walt Disney was a smoker. They were like, they could not have him. If they wanted a certain rating, they could not have cigarettes. Mm. So he never had a cigarette in the movie. You would just see smoke off 
Hmm. There would just be random smoke and they'd be like, there's no cigarettes here. There's uh, nothing's happening yeah. <laughs> to be historically accurate. You can have some tobacco <laughs> in a PG film still uh, that there ha- that has to be the case. But Disney Disney is very strict. Yeah. With, with their yeah. Policy. It was like Disney's thing. And they were yeah. like, we don't care if Disney was a smoker. There's no mm-hmm. cigarettes in this movie. Yeah. Which they should they shouldn't be absolutely hard line about that. It's like, sure, we can discourage showing it in, in our films in almost all instances. But if someone really feels like it's you know important to the scene, to the character, it's, it's somewhat, you know, symbolic or just relevant to the growth and character and, and even like the, the realism that, you know, depicting a certain era and time and place where this would have definitely been very present. Um, you know, they, they should make exceptions. You don't need to necessarily call attention to it or anything. Uh, but a movie yeah. like Cruella would have had lots of <laughs> tobacco <laughs> use. And, and there's none in that oh, you yeah. know, set in the 70s, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember. Was there anything like that in here? There's, there's like alcohol references, sort of um, heavy cream. <laughs> this is a little <laughs> I'm trying to think. There was a few times that I like, like kind of like, like chuckled for sure. But I, now nothing is sticking out to me. All I can think about right. is the beat part. Um, the, the push boundary. <laughs> like, there are characters who literally die, which is cool. Um, yeah. You know, well, and yeah. It, it was so funny, that character, because um, what was his name? The, the kid that puts his thumb in the pie. Oh, the little Jack. Yeah, big Jack, Jack Horner. Corner, Jack Horner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I love that they had, like, that Jimmy Cricket character. Because, of course, mm-hmm. they reference so many movies, so many fairy tales, all the fairy tales. Uh, I mean, even Harry Potter. They even referenced Harry Potter. Um, he pulled out that phoenix. That was one of the times that I laughed for sure out loud um, when he ripped out the the phoenix. He was like, "Don't worry, I got something." I was like, "Is this is this Fox right now?" <laughs> um, well, but yeah, the Jiminy Cricket character. He was like, "You are a bad person," and he's like, "Yeah, I know." Like, okay, but yeah, when he was like, "You're just gonna let all these guys die," and he's like, "Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They don't matter." <laughs> The Jiminy Cricket, the name is proprietary to Disney. So, in oh, is it? A credits. Is that why they were just like, oh, he's a he's a cockroach <laughs> listed as ethical bug. Uh, it's a cricket, I think, in the original yeah. book, um, but I don't think he's named Jiminy Cricket. And Pinocchio yeah. like smashes him right away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's like he was like he was like, what are you like a grasshopper? And he's like, I am just, I'm your conscience. (laughs) You're like, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. That character was voiced by like one of the staff animators at DreamWorks. Um, So it wasn't someone who, it it wasn't like a professional uh, talent that they hired for specifically voiceover. So they do that sometimes. They'll, they'll have, um, you know, people on staff at DreamWorks, you know, do do some of these voiceover roles, which is kind of fun. Well, that my girl, my girl Florence Pugh, she oh, was yeah. in this movie. She was Goldilocks. Because yeah. her voice, like when, especially when she has her accent, it just sticks out to me. <laughs> because she's always in movies where she doesn't have an accent, or at least not her accent. And so I was like, Very... I know who that is. Let me look this up real quick. And then, yeah, it was her. I was like, okay. yeah, Florence. Yeah, Pugh. <laughs> I didn't know until the credits. I, I recognize Ray Winstone as Papa Bear because he's just got the most pronounced, just smoky British accent you could imagine. Yeah. Um, well, that's like Olivia Coleman was the mom, the yeah. mama bear. 
And I mean, it, it, doesn't she play the queen in The Crown? Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. I haven't um, either, which is probably, a, I, I probably like my in-laws and my husband probably like judge me because they're British, but you know, he hasn't watched it either. He's like, yeah, I know about them. That's fine. <laughs> I, I've seen her in plenty of other things though, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick out her voice, you know, offhand. The the three little bears or three, what, what am I saying? Three big bears. Three three bears. <laughs> the th- Goldilocks and three bears. Um, I don't know if Goldilocks has appeared in a previous Shrek movie, but three bears definitely did. I don't think Goldilocks has, mm-hmm. not that I recall. I mean, they Pinocchio was in it. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him. Oh yeah, yeah, we did get some Shrek cameos as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, Pinocchio and and Gingerbread Man. Yeah, because yeah, that's when um, Jack Corner was like, uh, yeah, no one wanted to watch my show anymore because of Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, put him out of business. Well, yeah. And then Jack Corner, he had he had the Mary Poppins bag. He had the Mary yeah. Poppins bag. And he had like the, the eat me cookies and stuff from Alice. Uh, he had the Fantasia hat. They referenced so much like fairy yeah. tale and Disney stuff. And I was like, y'all better watch out. Like the, exactly. a broom, there was a walking broom. I was like, "Y'all better watch out." Disney's nah, in cover, y'all. <laughs> they're all friends. All the animation people. Yeah, they're like, "It's fine." Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, the just this movie had a, a certain throwback kind of feel where they they were willing to like push boundaries a little bit, which was, which was fun. But you know, and yeah, actually have a story that has a lot of heart, like the original Shrek does, and and some of those sequels. You know, they try to put uh, a lot of I don't know pathos and substance into developing these characters, and the performances are great. You know, these actors do an incredible job, just um, providing yeah the, their ability to to riff and to uh, improv um and and that kind of just re- genuine human quality into these characters um and cgi animation you know tends to sort of augment that in a certain way as well it's just it's one added layer of, of realism uh not to say that um you know 2d animation can't convey equally as well but um the it, it just i think 2d animation can be done more cheaply though um inherently than cgi animation so that's i think why that that really took over the landscape back in the late 90s early 2000s um yeah i i don't know the um the whole uh i don't know process of these blockbuster films being made and released um you know it's it's become very muddied with the advent of streaming um and strange world you know saw that had a a very quick turnaround to going straight to streaming on disney plus after a disappointing box office run um puss in boots isn't necessarily killing it at the box office but it's, it's doing well critically so it'll probably have a long lifespan but yeah, I, th- I think um, you know Shrek. It's it, it sells. It um, it's rel- You know, it, it tries to be relevant to the to current age um, and, and kids. It's it's becoming harder and harder to compete for their attention. So, uh, I, I this movie just had all the right ingredients for me as in terms of like being able to tell because kids need like good stories, good narrative, good um, 
like uh, they need more than just a quick TikTok video to uh, to entertain them because they need you know certain values instilled in them as well. <laughs> oh yeah, media, I would hope. Well, I would take this movie over like a Minions movie yeah. any day. Like, and I mean, I, I thought the Minions were fine at first. I'm like, oh, haha, yeah, they're cute and funny, and then they keep running with it, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want any more Minions. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I thought the story was really cute. Like it was just like it was a cute movie to watch. Like there were some things that I like giggled at. I was like, this was I uh, it was not one of those things that felt laborious to watch. Mm, no. I hate that. I hate watching movies with kids when the movies are just trash. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm like, this isn't funny. It's just like fart jokes and mm-hmm. no real like meat of anything. So yeah, I thought it was cute. Like I thought it was a neat concept that they had this map and that the map changes for the person who touches it. I thought it was such a cute like thing. And it's like, just like despair Mm. and like self-loathing for the two cats, but then the dog touches it and it's like rainbows and butterflies. And you just, you just be nice to the flowers and they let you go. But if you're not nice, they'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah. So many different arcs. Um, Perito aspires to be a therapy dog, essentially. Yeah, he just uh, wants to be friends. <laughs> have a cat lady. I mean, yeah, like the pop cult uh, or a pop psychology meter was off the charts with this film, which is kind of fun. Well, yeah, it's like Goldilocks wants like the just right family. And then in the end, yeah. they found out that they had everything they needed all along. And I was like, that's a cute thing. But then they also had to make sure that Jack Corner died uh, or whatever he did. Whatever happened yeah, to him. Yeah, I don't know if a... he straight up died, but he disappeared. He, uh, yeah, he, he met his due. And, and sur- well, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this movie kind of has it all. Uh, it has three different antagonists or groups of antagonists, really. Uh, you know, there's the, the wolf character that push yeah. en- his death. encounters. Yeah, the certain embodiment of death that, that um, yeah. Well, there's the the aspect, you know, Puss is like a genuine fairy tale character in that he he has nine lives. Like he's had some fairly like violent. It's just like, yeah, the, the morbid <laughs> humor is also off the chain here in this film. Oh, yeah. It, like it shows all of his. He's like, oh, yeah, I was there every time, every time that happened. Main... I'm like drive it's the main driver of the plot, <laughs> you know, his nine lives. And now he's down to his last life. <laughs> Because he got smashed by yeah, but <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, well it's like yeah, falling off a building, mm-hmm. all the fun things. But yeah, I thought it was cute when the dog at the end was like, "Oh, I've only had one life, and I think that's <laughs> fine." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just want to like cuddle you. I love you." My favorite. He, he's the socks of this movie. I feel like he's, he's there's the always fear. one. Yeah. Has to be one. <laughs> it's well, it's like the uh, I don't know. I don't remember the specific Harry Potter reference, so you have to re- refresh me. But like the mirror of Eris said, will only uh, reveal its, uh, you know, tr- its deepest secret to, you know, the person who won't use it for his own gain. Uh, you know, yeah. the the philosopher's stone. You know, Harry gets it because he wants it, but not in order to use it uh same for like or similar situation with like aladdin um you know he's allowed to enter the cave of wonders because he's the diamond in the rough 
Uh, and then this character, Perito, voiced by uh, it's kind of a, a newcomer, Hen, uh, Harvey yeah, I, Goyen. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard of him before when I looked him up. He's yeah, Mexican-American actor, best known in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I do know who that is because I watched that show. <laughs> I do, oh, okay. I do know who he is. He's like their assistant. Who yeah. desperately wants to be a vampire <laughs> and they won't make him one. <laughs> I did okay. I did not know his name, huh. so I guess uh, boo on me for not knowing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, I didn't look him up because I was like, I didn't recognize him. Kind of the same thing with the wolf character. He's an yeah. actor who's Brazilian, oh. but he's been in. He has been in things like Narcos and stuff, but I haven't watched any of those things. Not really. Right. Not really my vibe. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, which one is this? Is this Javier Bardem or is it um, the other guy? Um, That's it's, it's neither. Cool. It's neither of them. I, it, no, I, it's I neither just, of uh, them. Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan. Are you thinking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan no. and Javier Bardem? Because they look very similar. Uh, they, they do. <laughs> it's also. Um, oh, oh, uh, you know, Benicio. Benicio del Toro. He's kind of. Oh, del Toro. Heavy, yeah, I like him, too. Know. But uh, it was neither. Yeah, um, it's his name is Wagner. His name is Wagner Mora, mm. and he is a Brazilian actor. Um, but yeah, he's been in stuff like Narcos and things that I have not watched. Okay. He's in The Gray Man, which I also have not watched, but that came out in 2022. The uh, MacGuffin in this film, you know, of course, the map, but it leads to the uh, wishing star. <laughs> I don't know. Star bright star. <laughs> yeah, star bright star. I don't know. Or starlight star bright, the first oh, star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might have the story i see tonight or something it's something i feel like i used to say something like that when i was like a little kid it was like a nursery rhyme i love the yeah literary humor where like jack horner admits okay i'm not from a fairy tale it's i'm from a nursery rhyme or whatever yeah (laughs) Uh, his mother goose got cooked or something there's there's just different you know throwaway lines like that that are kind of hilarious yeah well that's what i've always liked about like shrek it's like Mm -hmm. it's a mismatch of like nursery rhymes and kid like i mean like fairy tales but also not fairy tales like rumple skillston that was something i read as a child and i was like that's terrifying and then he was in the shrek movies and i was like what (laughs) solidly a fairy tale there yeah that one's definitely a fairy tale but it's like Um, they like combine all of them because i know that they have like the lady who lives in the shoe um they have like you know yeah old mother yeah it's old mother hubbard like they have all those people and that like i literally have like an old book of like mother goose nursery rhymes that was like my mom's that has all of those in it (laughs) yeah anything magical or medieval adjacent you know you might end up in these and and i don't know who knows how the geography works because apparently you know spain is a physical place in in this world but then there's far far away and (laughs) how does time work that's why I, i i kept telling you it's rumored but then at the end i was like it looks like the rumors are being they're gonna come true. <laughs> they did that, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, we're definitely getting a Shrek five, or another Puss in Boots that's set in Far, Far Away with Shrek characters." That's my theory. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole, I'm sure, department, you know, subdivision within DreamWorks that's just dedicated to like Shrek because it's the OG franchise um, for DreamWorks Animation. So it's always just a matter of, you know, how 
solidly is you know a new concept or how, you know how solidly of a new concept do we have for you know trying to bring the gang back together call up you know mike myers and Cameron diaz and uh eddie murphy like are they all going to be interested yeah well and I, I also like wonder because in their like storylines in the prior movies mm-hmm. they all have like kids and stuff so are their kids going to be adults oh. are their kids going to be involved because uh, like shrek and fiona had like three kids adolescent and... ogres yeah yeah they had donkey dinosaurs they're not donkey dinosaurs donkey dragon hybrids yeah, that's right <laughs> so i'm like are they going to have new characters it's just going to be like no, we're just adding the kids. Are they still babies? I have so many questions. Lots of theories. <laughs> be like Avatar, the way of water. Yeah, uh, Shrek and Fiona will be like Jake and Natiri with their kid, you know, with their brood. <laughs> yeah, They're like these are our kids. Have to flee far, far away. I know, and I want, I want to see Avatar, but like, oh man, getting to the movies these days. I, I feel like ever since like everything shut down, I'm just like, mm, can I watch it at my house? Mm. Really so hard pe- to get me out of my house. <laughs> There's um, you know, a common theme where a lot of films, you animated films for films for kids, um, you know, they they try to have good morals, good values, you know, teach kids about life and you know, stuff that they're not getting from TikTok per se. <laughs> um, but the the trend of like not necessarily having a conventional villain, um strange world, there was no villain to speak of. Which is funny. So when I rewatched it, mm-hmm. there's literally a part where there's like when they're playing the game, they're playing oh, that yeah. game mm-hmm. and they're like, there's no villain. He's like, no, the spider's not a bad guy. Like, it's not a monster. You're supposed to live with the spiders. He's like, well, that's dumb. Why wouldn't you have a villain? And I was like, hey, they're riffing on themselves because they intentionally didn't have a villain in this movie. <laughs> that was quite, yeah, that was another in joke, kind of like the merchandising quip that the one character made. Yeah, yeah the the primal outposts uh board game which we never mentioned but yeah it's it's like a settlers of Catan type of yeah tabletop thing um a little more expansive because you can buy like you know new decks of cards and, and add to your collection and it's just like magic the gathering meets Catan. Or yeah that, that's what i like it reminded me of magic yeah and i don't know like if i just like the first time I watched it, if I just like dazed out while they were playing the game, the actual game. But yeah, I, that's what I was because uh, my husband likes Catan. I like magic. So I was like, hey, yeah. it's like both of these games yeah. put together. <laughs> um, you know, Frozen, you know, you got kind of a, a, a very subtle villain. I mean, but but still technically a straight up villain. Um, oh, yeah. You Hans have... was a straight up villain. <laughs> um, he was a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, but but very revealed very late in the process. Um, so, some sort of like morally gray characters in certain instances. I mean, Mother Gothel was she at least raised Rapunzel to be, you know, somewhat of a hopeful child. <laughs> you know, she wasn't. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of maybe other instances where. There are villains that are kind of, um, you know, very layered and only a- antagonistic through circumstance. <laughs> um, uh, Thanos. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He had his reasons. I, you know what? I watched that movie and I was like, you know what? 
I see what he's going for. Not the right execution. <laughs> Abuela and uh, and Kanto. Yeah, yeah. I well, that's like I, the new the thing right now is like the villain is generational trauma. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we're breaking. We're breaking a generational curses. That's what we're doing now. We don't have real villains. The real villain is a uh, uh, ancestors. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Raya did something similar to um, there wasn't necessarily a straight up antagonist. Um, but here we have all three versions of the modern villain in Puss in Boots. Uh, you know, credit to a YouTube commenter who I'm just blatantly stealing from for to make this point. But um, you have the, the morally gray villain with this sort of embodiment of death was just kind of doing his job he's like a bounty hunter uh persona and then um you have the you know the the victim of trauma who's you know trying to figure out her way through life and and that's uh yeah goldilocks and and her group of bounty hunters uh her, her family of the three bears <laughs> who took her in um and then you have just the unabashedly evil Jack Horner. Straight up bad guy, yeah. <laughs> who harkens back to the classic Disney era, you know, mistress of all evil, the, you know, characters like, I don't know, Hades, God of the Underworld, or Scar, you know. So Jafar. Jafar, Jafar was just a, a bad guy. Scar, bad guy. I don't know, man. I, I feel like sometimes, though, like I kind of miss the villain just being a bad guy. Can you just can they just be bad? That's why Jack Horner be bad. I don't I don't need to feel empathy. Yeah, <laughs> why he was so great. You know, kudos to DreamWorks for just giving us this delightful, you know, John Mulaney voices uh, Jack Horner. So, yeah, he, he, that was a great choice, too. I was like this. His voice works perfectly for this. Classic. Um, but yeah, I like at the end when he gets rid of the the ethical bug um <laughs> and the the person's like hanging from the cliff and he's like he, are you chatty okay good you can come if you're not gonna talk yeah. i was like yeah big, yeah i like that he was just yeah. a straight up bad guy <laughs> his group of or his entourage the baker's dozen just 13 <laughs> um random like especially trained uh bakers all dressed up in uh, their uh, kitchen whites yeah their sh their chef coats mm -hmm. He's like, save us. And he's like, no, I'm looking for stuff in my bag. I'm good. You guys have fun. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, his aspiration for getting that wish, getting the star is just to claim all the magic that the world has to offer. It's <laughs> like, I guess, you know, <laughs> perfect motivation for a villain. <laughs> yeah. Live your best life. Uh, but, but yeah. yeah i'm glad that they didn't make it into like oh yeah I, well and i i even like that he was like oh i mean it, it like he's like oh i'm i'm this way but you know i had perfectly loving parents and a home and i grew up in a nice way and i was like see yes i love that he's just bad to be bad because he he's a bad person <laughs> yeah yeah he inherited a successful business and just continued to grow the successful business but you know <laughs> I guess he uh, he made the impressive accomplishment of collecting all these magical artifacts from around the world, around the magical kingdom, probably as <laughs> to the detriment of whoever previously owned them. 
Oh, I'm sure he had he had poison apples. He had everything. Oh, remember the hand of the hand of Midas? That was a MacGuffin from one of the Aladdin sequels, uh, if you recall. Yeah, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, and yeah, also also uh, spoiler involved a giant turtle. If you can even remember that. Uh, the, <laughs> no, I, I forgot about the turtle. Actually, the fortress containing the hand of Midas was on the back of a giant turtle. Like the first thing Aladdin's dad does when he gets the hand uh, and you have to touch it. You can't touch the golden part. You have to grab it by its handle. Uh, but he like touches the floor of this this castle. Uh, so does it turn that entire castle to gold? I, I feel like it sort of does. So doesn't that just... Uh, Aren't you causing the turtle to suffer by turning this building into gold? <laughs> that seems kind of cruel. He just pulled a, a clay Jaeger with that, <laughs> that move there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever thought about it like that. I mean, I guess I didn't remember that it was a turtle either, honestly. Yeah, yeah so. you're Jaeger clayed. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but yeah, you you, you didn't even remember you didn't even remember the turtle part. So that. I know. I, I got. I have to remember the turtles, man. Uh, uh, well, and you, it's funny though because you see like this like imagery in a lot of things. And I'm like, why? Why turtles? Why are we so obsessed with being on a turtle's back? Uh, is that what does that mean? Does that mean something somewhere? <laughs> and I just don't know uh, the symbolism. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> they're probably um, various human origin myths uh, in in various uh you know literary or religious traditions who knows from around the cultural traditions from around the world that involve like giant turtles perhaps <laughs> i don't know if, if avatar the last oh. airbender is any uh indication <laughs> <laughs> well so i i looked it up and so there's a lot of mythologies around the world um that have like the world bearing turtle it's okay. a big like myth where a turtle either is carrying a world or it contains a world inside of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it has ties to like North America, China, India. So, you know what? That makes sense. It's a joke about someone who insists that the earth is being carried on the back of a giant turtle. But, but then when they're asked, uh, well, what, what's under the turtle? And they're just like, well, it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> It's just turtles forever. Turtles. Don't ask yeah, me any infinite questions. Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the whole galaxy, actually. Yeah. We've all been lied to. It's just turtles. That's fine. I like turtles. <laughs> the Shrek universe is definitely on the back of a giant turtle. I can see that. I could see that. I could see the swamp definitely being on a turtle. Yeah. Even though there's like also a... Spain. Also Spain on the turtle. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of different topography. Yeah, those two bounty hunters who deliver the hand of Midas, or no, he he gives them the hand of Midas. It sounded like uh, Sarah Silverman and Kristen Wiig. I, I don't know if that was them, but just because one of them sounded like um, the the Viking kid that Kristen Wiig yeah. plays, tough nut. In the How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, and then the other one kind of sounded like a, more of a deeper, gravelier. Penelope von Schweetz. <laughs> it was Betsy Sidaro and Artemis Pebdani. Oh, of course. They were okay. Joe and Jan Serpent. Okay. Funny. Yeah, yeah I, I, I honestly, I didn't have, 
I didn't know who they were uh, when they first came in there. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Betsy Sodaro on podcasts. She's got a very unique voice, very yeah. um, eccentric, <laughs> but in a good way. Well, that's the Jan and Joe Serpent people. Were they anybody? Like, are they from something? The Serpent Sisters? Or are they just made up for the movie? Well... I mean, as much as uh, these movies try to exhaust every possible reference, I mean, there's got to be pretty much an infinite amount. So there's maybe something out there. (laughs) The Serpent Sisters. I don't know. Uh, I looked it up and it doesn't seem like there is. So maybe they're just made up. (laughs) They just made them up, I guess, for the movie. Yeah, I looked to see. I was like, is that inspired by something? Because I remember they were like, oh, they're they're the, the, the sisters. And I'm like, do I do I know who these people are? Are they just random yeah. characters that I don't know? <laughs> Villains Wiki already has an entry for the Serpent Sisters from Puss in Boots. Um, yeah, they're just like, they're murderous assassins who are bounty hunters. And I was like, oh, okay. Assassin. Checks out. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, who would ever know? But yeah, I I feel like you know, I, I've been flagging this whole episode. My, uh, I've been kind of tired. <laughs> I couldn't remember the specific point because I didn't. I haven't been taking notes. I've just been kind of winging it. Unfortunately, I I took some time to set up uh, my uh, my new podcasting setup. So apologies if the audio isn't totally all there yet because I'm using a new microphone and it might be a little echoey. I'm in a different room. There's no. There's not as much carpeting. Uh, it's a little roomier in here because there's no bed. So uh, I don't know. Doesn't we'll sound echoey. We'll hand. see how it sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna have to do something to treat the space if I continue to record from in here. So apologies if yeah, this has been somewhat of a, a thrown together <laughs> episode. But hey. That's uh, that's kind of what we do here on the podcast. We like to um, just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. That's all right, yeah, though, right? I'm always done for that. Yeah. Well, honestly, I was like looking up stuff because sometimes, you know, when we're getting ready for an episode, I'm like, oh, yeah. let me look up stuff about the movies. But like, I couldn't find a ton of stuff about the movie yet. And I was like, maybe because it's a yeah. new. Couldn't find a ton of stuff. No. So I, I tried. <laughs> it's it's I super fun. People <laughs> should go see it. Um, yeah, lots of I, I want to see it again. I was tempted to see it twice before recording, but I've only seen it the once. Um, but yeah, it, it sticks with you. Yeah, cute little dog characters, couple fun cats. Oh, the there's like a the the beat where Puss reveals like he um left what's the other soft paw kitty soft paws mm-hmm. um at the altar um i thought that was maybe undermined a little bit when she said that she didn't show up either yeah she was like oh like sweet of you uh but uh, I, I wasn't there either because i knew you wouldn't be there so that, that kind of deflated but it. was she wrong was she wrong? She, yeah, no, she, <laughs> you know, if, if that's true, if she, I, I could also, uh, you know, see her like, because that's just such a traumatic thing to, to be left at the altar. Maybe she just lied to him <laughs> because she didn't that want to admit that she was jilted. Yeah, like save your own face. Yeah, yeah you're like, no, I, you know what? I left you actually. <laughs> yeah. She's gaslighting him. 
So I don't know. I thought that might, but that was just one minor quibble that I had that that seemed, that seemed a little defeating uh, to to the I don't know to Puss's. I guess both characters needed to have kind of a a, gr- a growth period. So um, they're well, both I don't, like to maybe. Be- well, I was like, maybe they did that because like, that's something that's like stuck with him that he felt bad about. Mm-hmm. And so like, maybe she was like, Hey, like you don't have to feel bad. Cause like I wasn't there either. Like I've been holding, cause she was kind of holding it over his head. She's like, Oh yeah. Like that time that you left. And then she's like, actually I wasn't there either. So like, don't feel bad. Yeah. I was just being a butthole. <laughs> that's, 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 I know, um, there are things that that would have been like you know in strange world if once they um got rid of pando infecting the the giant turtle that then you know a new power source would arrive all of a sudden the turtle's heart would start pumping you know three times stronger that day um, and and now <laughs> you know the entire world would just light up with you know a, a new rich energy source uh, but that didn't happen and and sort of yeah the similar situation with like um you know the this excuse that oh you don't have to feel bad because uh you know i <laughs> i secretly left you at the same time sort of it just feels a bit like a cop out um but in a movie that does so many things very well um it's i can easily excuse it um no no need to add to all the um layers of um pathos that that this <laughs> already contains and then the struggles you know it's re- he's already reckoning with eight past lives that he blew so <laughs> at least this was oh, one thing jacked could... jacked puss in boots oh yeah uh, the life where he was like a bodybuilder mm-hmm. that tickled me very much just like showing all his lives and it was like i was like wait why does he have a six-pack why is he huge yeah. <laughs> i liked him becoming a house cat too that was pretty that that like little time was funny because the lady was like ah, ah, and just sprayed him with water <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i've done that to my own cats I'm like oh you know uh yeah i suppose because cats i don't know they, they don't respond to commands in quite the same way as as dogs no do. <laughs> dogs are like okay i'll stop i guess cats are like um you're in my house i do what i want uh, that's... that's why he was like oh i'm not eating this food i will make myself a steak thank you though <laughs> i know for some people that's sort of the appeal of cats you have to like earn their respect whereas with dogs like all you have to do is kind of like feed them stroke them <laughs> and then <laughs> they're they love you forever Oh yeah, Your cat cats love you from afar. My cats, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of my cats is very, very loving, almost to the point where he's suffocating you at times. Okay. And the other one is like, he wants to be in the same room. He doesn't want you to touch him, but he is your best friend if you're in the kitchen. He's like, hello, I love you. Anyone in the kitchen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be someone who lives here. Anyone in the kitchen, best friend. And I'm like, yeah, he he knows how to survive. He's going to be the one that lives. <laughs> yeah. I'm not experienced with having a cat around. Uh, my dad was always allergic. So uh, just from experience, I, I've got kind of more of the bias towards dogs. But uh, I'd be curious to befriend a cat and, uh, you know, try to <laughs> make it love me <laughs> like a dog would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them are so easy. I, I, 
Yeah. And if like people who have two cats, you have one that hates you and you have one that loves you. You you can't have like two cats that don't like you. That's not how it works. They they come in pairs, I feel like. Um, because my dad was also allergic, but he was like kind of allergic. So it's like the cats just couldn't go in his room. So I got I I like scan I like scammed my mom into getting a cat when I was like in middle school. And so I've had cats ever since. But I also have a dog. So I have the best of both worlds. I have so many things in my house. Great. <laughs> Do you have plants too? No, I am not a plant girl. I can only keep things alive that tell me they want food. <laughs> I am so sorry to put it that way, but That's I don't have the attention span for plants. I forget they exist and then they die. And I'm like, dang, or they're fickle. I had a cactus. I had a cactus. Someone got me like oh, sure. succulents and they died. I was like, I can't <laughs> keep you alive. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Hard to kill a cactus. No. Well, I think I overwatered it Probably. because I was like, I, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't figure out how often to water it. And then I think my cat ate part of it. So, you know, I just, I gave up on plants. That's, that's not my vibe. Plants, it has to tell me it's hungry and it, it can exist in my house. <laughs> well, um, any, any other kind of, I've used the word relevant a few times on this episode, so I'll continue that trend. Any more relevant <laughs> thoughts uh, <laughs> on, on Puss in Boots? <laughs> the Last Wish. Hmm. Uh, other than, it's just a good movie. I would say kid approved, mom approved, even yeah. grandma approved. My mom thought, it was, she was like, oh, it was really cute. It was funny. Um, which is, uh, getting that from her is hard. So... <laughs> Like, yeah, it was just, it was a cute movie, has a good story, like appropriate for kids, appropriate for adults, I feel like. So yeah, just overall good movie. I would definitely see it. I feel like the, I guess the reviews that have come, because I looked online as well to see the reviews and yeah, like, I feel like it's like a general consensus that it's a cute movie. I'll be interested to see when Shrek 5 comes out <laughs> or Puss in Boots 3. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Horse candidate for even like the best animated feature Oscar. Um, that'd be interesting to have this, you know, sixth film in the Shrek canon um, up for an Oscar even. But hey, uh, good things can come from surprising. I mean, yeah, franchises will turn out surprising gems every now and then. Even later on, you know, you had like the the Creed films uh, attract Oscar attention recently, too. So, I mean, even like Black Panther was nominated for what best picture? And that was the 20th uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very interesting to see like which way, like what they end up going with. Yeah, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, um, kid tested, mother and grandmother approved. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'll say non-parent approved as well. You don't, <laughs> you don't need kids. You can watch it without kids. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally watching all these movies by myself at the movie theater if I have to. <laughs> you know, uh, Bad Guys. That was another good one this past year from DreamWorks. DreamWorks, I feel like they had something else recently um, I maybe missed, but uh, I'll, I'll maybe have to look back and check to see what they've done. They, they did a bizarre movie about racing, which I have to check out because um, I've become kind of a racing fan in more recent times. Um, the film called... Um, 
turbo about the the racing snail <laughs> and uh i've not seen that oh yes I, I i was like i did not know what you were talking about but yes i have watched Turbo. <laughs> one of the more forgotten dreamworks animated films uh and i never saw it i thought the whole concept seemed just utterly preposterous why would this microscopic little bug uh be competing against even if it could go fast why would it be on the same racetrack as a car that could just run over and smash it <laughs> at any second oh that's the thrill okay <laughs> yeah how do the how do the sensors even pick up when it crosses the finish line just so so many layers of like mind-boggling confusion so the most recent DreamWorks outside of the bad guys and Puss in Boots was uh, Boss Baby 2. Oh, sure. Which was cute. My, my my son went through a phase where we watched all Boss Babies because they have a show on Netflix, too. So yeah. I've seen every piece of Boss Baby because there's also a second show after the second movie also on Netflix about like the kids, like the daughter, the baby daughter that like takes over as the Boss Baby. Spoilers. Um. <laughs> I, and yeah, I haven't seen those. And I hear they're really weird, which might be they, interesting. Yeah, they're like they're funny. It, it's kind of one. It's one of those shows that you can watch as an adult. And there are there are things that are there for adults specifically, I feel like. Like there are things that they have like, mentioned before. Like I want to say they even talked about a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Either in the movie or maybe in the show. And I was like, I know that that is for the, that's for the adults that are sitting here watching us. So if they're funny, they're they're weird, but they are funny. They're they're amusing to watch. I recently saw uh, the film Glengarry Glen Ross, which I know like the Alec Baldwin character is riffing on the character that he plays in that film. Uh, so maybe I'll understand the boss baby more now if I <laughs> check it out. Um, yeah, I yeah, and you can definitely get away with just watching the movies and not watching the shows. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't feel like they reference anything in the second movie that's like with the shows, but I've watched it all. <laughs> mm. Probably against my will, but and then before that was The Crudes, A New Age, and Trolls World Tour. But those came out during COVID. So I think that I know we rented Trolls. We watched it at home because movie theaters weren't open. So, <laughs> well, we probably did the same thing with The Crudes, but I think we waited until it was free. We didn't buy that one. Oh, okay. I I thought DreamWorks had kind of a handy, like, or uh, Wikipedia had like a nice list of DreamWorks animation films. Um, oh, but... no, I'm on their website. Their website has like them all listed okay. by the most, like, I guess the most recent. Okay. Um, and what... then like in order, because there was also Spirit Untamed, okay. but yeah. I didn't watch that. And I was I'm trying to get because like Strange World was the 61st, you know, of the Disney animated canon. I'm trying to get the numeric value of uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, but uh, I'm not finding it here. So uh, I have to uncover that at a later time. Uh, maybe it's not quite as straightforward with DreamWorks as I know that company has gone through a lot of different stages in its history and it's, it hasn't only produced animated films of course it's um you know began as just a, a live action or just a, a film studio a, a whole separate uh film studio um 
under the partnership of Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen. Um, so has since gone on to, I don't know, kind of spiral off into all various sorts of ventures. And now the animation portion of it is owned by Universal or, or whoever owns Universal, <laughs> NBC Universal. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's NBC because um, I'm, I'm going to Universal in March. So yeah. <laughs> been there a few times, but um, I looked at it. I, so I found and I don't know how accurate it is, but it says that the studio DreamWorks Animation has released 43 feature films as of December 2022. OK, so 43rd, um, presumably. All right. Well, um, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, a movie about an orange cat uh, who isn't Garfield or who's the other one? Um, the, uh, the Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Hobbes. Well, well, That's Hobbes. the orange comic cat. Hobbes is orange. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's the one with this cat, um, Heathcliff. Heath, Heathcliff. Mm. That's right. It's just the very anarchic humor uh, of those panels. But um, yeah, we'll see everyone next time on the Thoughtcast Conversations about animation. Bridget, do you have any social media to plug? Sure. Uh, my Instagram is Bridget. That's Bridge with a T, 5246. And uh, you find Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast.com, at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram, streaming on all kinds of podcasting platforms and uh hosted on soundcloud and uh find me at philip elke on twitter and instagram um well this is a nice little short and sweet episode hopefully um thank you all for listening you all have a magical day have a wonderful week and warm hugs all right we survived <laughs> we did it <laughs>